Welcome to another episode of Life Stories by Congo Kid, where I share my experiences of growing up in the Democratic Republic of Congo in Central Africa. My hope is you find knowledge, entertainment, information, and insight of another culture and a new perspective of the Congolese people and Africa. I'm here with John Curl. Last time I talked to him and saw him was 1983. And John and I shared a fun adventure in February of 1983, where we were asked to go to Douala, Cameroon on the coast of West Africa to pick up a truck. And so, John, you and I uh, flew commercial, I believe, right. from Bangui, Central African Republic, mm -hmm. to Douala, Cameroon. Is we that did. correct? That's correct. Yeah. And when we got there, we had a pocket full of cash because they, it was a modern city. They had electricity, they had telephones, air conditioning, and they had stores with stuff in them. And so we bought a bunch of uh, mechanical parts and mm -hmm. engine parts and supplies and whatnot. And I think we were, what, two or three days in Douala? Yeah, we stayed at this hotel. It was hotter than heck because it's a real humid climate. Yeah. And uh, I remember that distinctly. But it was a nice hotel. Yeah, I don't remember much about that, but I remember going down to the dock to pick yeah. up the truck. It was a K-20 diesel, brown. Yeah. I don't know why I remember that, but the truck uh, got, came off the boat, and it w I remember looking underneath the back, and I'm going, hey, we're missing a spare tire. <laughs> um, but if memory serves, we took off on a Saturday afternoon, and we drove um, till late evening, and we would pull into a town, and we went to Kongsangba and Gaoundere. I remember those two, about 15 kilometers from the Nigerian border. Yeah. And we'd pull into a, a town, and we would say, hey, where's the nearest Protestant mission? Where's the nearest Catholic mission? And someone would point us there, and we would always go in there, and you know, we had t-shirts and shorts, and we were red from the dust, and say, we're uh, missionaries from Congo. Can we spend the night in your guest house? So that's, I remember that. So was it two nights or three nights? I think we were on the road. Well, it could have been three nights because we had to go all the way up, up yes. uh, the whole length, length of the country and around to enter CAR from, from the far wet Northwest. Yes. And then come down to Bangui. So it was a big loop around. Yes, and I remember we'd get, it was a main arterial for transport, yes. and we'd get stuck behind these humongous trucks hauling cement and lumber and whatnot, and I remember a couple of times driving, I'm not kidding you, 70 miles an hour, you know, in the ditch, trying to get past these monster trucks, and um, the other dilemma we had was getting to the uh, border, and I don't know if you remember, John, but your passport um hadn't been stamped in in cameroon i don't remember and so <laughs> we're trying to get across the border and at, at central african republic car and the guy the, the customs guy wouldn't let us across and we were showing them airplane tickets you know we'd traveled together i'd been stamped in but your passport wasn't stamped in and i don't know if we paid the guy money or what but we finally got across and again we're a couple of you know early 20 i was 20 you were probably 23 or 24 shorts t-shirt 
just filthy from the road and we're trying to convince them that we're good quality upstanding citizens you know uh school teachers from you know congo but um we ended up driving all the way to bangui and i think so we probably spent two nights on the road if i remember correctly and i think it was th almost three days didn't we stay we did stay one night at the mission in um uh, i think yeah yeah, we did. So we spent one night, I think, in Cameroon and one night in, uh, and it was probably 12 to 15 hour days driving. Yeah, they were. They were just. It was a long we just, day. We'd leave That's all we did. <laughs> yeah, we just drove. And it was funny because we'd stop in a town to eat and then you'd want to go check out the market. And I was chomping at the bit to get to Bangui to cross the river because I had to get to the Free Church Conference. And uh, there was a girl that I was dating and I sort of wanted to see her. But we finally got to Bangui uh, one night and spent the night at the guest house. The next morning, I went down to the river and crossed the river to Zongo, which was uh, our mission right across on the, on the Zaire side. Yeah. And I had to walk two miles up to our, the house where we had the, the compound. And Lauren Lewis had left me a, a motorcycle. and. Uh, some gas. So I get up there, I don't know, noon, and the motorcycle had a flat tire. Oh, gosh. So I said, no worries. So I fixed the flat tire and got the little hand pump, and it had a rubber nozzle on the end, and I start pumping the, the, the tire up, and the nozzle, rubber nozzle, disintegrated, you know, heat, humidity, etc. So I hoof it down to the city another couple miles, middle of the day, find a guy named Yele who ended up becoming a friend of mine, borrowed a pump, walked all the way back to the mission, pumped up the tire of his little Kawasaki 125, get on the shortwave radio and radioed and said, hey, you know, I'm coming. Tell the boys at the river that I'm going to be coming through late, late, late tonight. And so I drove three or four hours to bow. And just to set the stage here, the ferry boat at the river was on the fritz, wasn't working. <laughs> and so what happened was somebody had to drive the people from that side of the river down to the river. They'd cross in a dugout canoe and someone from Tondala would drive all the way to the river and pick the people up to take them back to the conference. So I get to bow, I pull in probably at eight, eight o'clock. And I, Lauren had left me some gas. So I gassed up and Mel Hine, a short-termer, and Marlene, they were there, and they'd been shuttling people to the river in the, in the truck. So he's all hot and sweaty, and I'm saying, buddy, you better put on a jacket because it gets pretty cold, you know, going through the, the swamp areas. But he didn't listen to me, so we took off and get down to the river about midnight. And I go banging on some hut, and the guys there knew me because I passed through there quite a bit. Uh, finagled a three or four dollar fee to carry us across the river at midnight in a dugout canoe. And to set the story straight here, you have to realize that the first thing you do in a canoe is you sit down. Right. Because of your center of gravity. Well, we had to put these motorcycles in the canoe, and then I sat on top of the motorcycle with my feet on the top edge of the canoe. And Mel turned his motorcycle on and shone a light while we paddled upstream 
50 yards so we could beeline it across the river while the river's carrying us down the river to hopefully land at our beach. And I'm telling you, that water was a couple inches from the top. And I said a lot of prayers yeah. because if I, if we'd tipped over that motorcycle would have been gone, you know? And then on the other side, I turned around and did the same thing for Mel so that they could see some light, you know, for paddling and getting across and, you know, thank God we made it and neither of us went in the drink, but, um, ended up getting to Tondala about five o'clock in the morning. And uh, I woke up Lauren who'd loaned me his bike. And, you know, I said, where am I sleeping? And he goes, Oh, you're in the guest house over at such and such a place. So I went over there and seven o'clock I got up and like a crazy 20 year old, I was ready to go, you know, <laughs> after you and I had been on the road for almost a week. Um, but what I wanted to talk to you a little bit about is the perspective that you had on the trip and the perspective that I had on the trip. Cause I learned a lesson, John, I was chomping at the bit, like I said, to get to Tondala to be at the conference when it started, be part of the fun and the activity and see my girlfriend who I was dating at the time. And I remember being upset with you several times where we're driving through Cameroon or driving through Central Republic and we'd stop at a market. And you would want to explore and check things out and stay a while. And I've never forgotten that lesson. And I regret now, because I think your priorities are better than mine, uh, what you did. And I remember one of the things you bought was a Muslim hat. Yep. And I was like going, John, let's get going. And you're going, no, 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 no. Let's check out this stuff. Yeah, I remember that. I do. So what else do you remember about that trip? Yeah, I just remember uh, uh, it was fascinating to be driving across Africa like that. I felt really privileged. Like I knew it was like kind of a once in a lifetime opportunity for myself uh, to have that and kind of the honor to be asked to do it. Like, wow, why would they ask me to do that? And it was a little bit out of my, you know, my comfort zone because I, right. I didn't grow up there like you did. Uh, but I was, but it was fun. I was, I had a, a great time. You were a lot of fun. You were a lot of, you're a high energy guy. So it was fun to laugh and just kind of be crazy. And, you know, the freedom of just driving that in the gorgeous kind of open grasslands. I remember one of the highlights was seeing a family of orangutans run across the road. Remember that? I do not. I do not remember yeah. that. It was a mother and her babies and they were running and we just stopped and there was about five of them just out in the middle of nowhere. And I just thought, well, where in the world do you see this, have this kind of experience? And I do remember particularly buying that Muslim hat because I somehow was trying to capture something of that, right. that experience. And there was also a couple, I still have them, these two little weavings that had a little string and you pull the top up and it was purple, mm -hmm. green and yellow colors. And um, I remember there I saw a lot more Muslims than we had in Zaire, Congo. Yes. Um, and it helped me to understand how the, the flow of humanity uh, of those of Muslim tradition and faith really had, was pretty extensive in that part of Africa. And to kind of get a sense of then, once you get into Congo, there weren't as many. Right. I don't know, it was, it was a great exposure to me to, to understand more of the complexity of Africa from that point of view. Um, and I, I, I remember driving, yeah, I did drive the truck all the way to Karawa without you. 
Right. I'd, I'd forgotten that part too. You mean you had a lot of details that I completely forgot about. I, I did journaling. I don't know if I journaled this, but once I get into all the stuff in storage, it'd be interesting to see if I journaled anything about this particular trip. But um, it was quite an adventure. It uh, was. It was. And I do have, I remember one thing in one of the guest houses we stayed at, I broke a, a, a glass cover for a, one of the lamps by mistake. Uh, and I remember leaving, you know, two or three dollars worth of stuff because we left before our host got up and I just didn't want him to feel bad that we did that. But I did have one memento that I actually got rid of about two years ago when we were at the Honda store in Douala uh -huh. buying parts, you know, chains and sprockets and whatnot so we could take them to Congo because they didn't have those stores. The guy, there was a huge banner and it was probably 10 feet long by two and a half feet uh, width wide. And it said, we are, and then it said, Honda, you know, huh. and at the bottom it said, is best. It was this beautiful, beautiful banner. So I bought that for like three bucks and I took it back to Gimena and I put it on my wall. I brought it back to the States. It hung in my room in college. Um, I moved to California. I brought it with me. I hung it up in my garage in the rafters in the two houses that I've had. And it hung in my rafters till about a year or two ago. And I was talking about, about, about it with a friend of mine. He goes, put it on Craigslist and put vintage in front of it. So I took some pictures. I wrote vintage, you know, Honda. And obviously it has some provenance. Okay. And a guy came and I sold it for 80 bucks, if you can uh -huh. believe that. So my only memento of my trip uh, was that cool Honda banner uh, unlike you've got those little antelope things and the uh, Muslim hat. But I, I, I think back often because, like you said, I'm a high-energy guy. I'm all about getting to the destination. I set out to do something. I just go do it. And you taught me patience. Oh. And we were, we were conflicted. I was trying to get home as soon as possible. And not that you didn't want to get home because you had a two- or three-month-old daughter. And of course, you wanted to get home to see your wife and daughter. But I was really, really trying to get home. And you were trying to say, Jeff, let's just enjoy the trip. Let's, this yeah. is an adventure. Let's soak it in. And I was like, no, 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 no. I got to get to you know, Bangui tonight so I can cross the river tomorrow and I can make this conference. And you know, then I had the flat tire and crossing the, you know, the river at midnight, et cetera. But believe it or not, your patience and that story Whenever I'm going anywhere with my family or with other people, I always sit there in the car going, wait a minute, Jeff, is this, is this about the destination or is this about the journey? Mm -hmm. And I have you to thank for that. Wow. Um, those three or four days, you know, in the truck, you know, beelining back to Zaire, um, you were trying to help me slow down a little bit and enjoy the trip more as opposed to just focused on the goal. So I wanted to thank you for that. I know it's well, been 37 yeah. years since we've yeah. talked, if you can believe that. But uh, that's one of the neat things that I've learned as life goes on, that little things that people have done and said, you know, impact others in ways, you know, you would never have dreamed that, you no, know, as I told so, you right now. Right. As you mentioned this in your email, like, well, what in the world would that be? I just was yeah. really curious. Yeah. Exactly. But, but it makes sense because that really was a reflection. I do remember. Yeah, you were kind of chomping at the bits yep. and 
let's go, 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 go. And I'm like, eh, just calm yep. down. I remember and, that. Uh, and there was a tension between us. Yes. You know, uh, um, yeah, we were just on different pages. And I, we, I think we handled it well. It wasn't like we were ticked off at each other. No, no. It was, it was just, just, it was just, you're right. There was tension there because, you know, I was saying, let's go. And I remember you were saying, no, Jeff, let's just check out this little market while you're putting on a hat. And I'm going, you, what do you need a stupid hat for? Let's just go. And you're saying, no, Jeff. That. We're here. Let's enjoy. Let's take a few minutes. The world won't come to an end. And, mm -hmm. you know, I have carried that with me for since wow. 1983. So, you know, you got that going for you. Well, thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. You're welcome. So any other memories of uh, that crazy trip? Uh, I did not remember the orangutans. That, uh, yeah. That was for me, like the highlight scene. I was like, wow, it was such a, it was a very quick thing. It was past, it went, they went very quickly, but, and I think we saw some along the way. Okay. Uh, off to the side, but that whole family, I, I, again, I really do think there was a five of them in different sizes was kind of a spectacular moment. Sure. Uh, a, a power and grace. You could just tell, um, and it, it felt like, on the last frontier of maybe a diminishing world for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The other thing I, t I think too, is uh, how crazy we were driving without a spare tire. Yeah. And, you know, I don't think I was even aware of it. I'd look. Yeah. We just sort of went and uh, thank goodness That's, we didn't get a flat, you know, and I'm sure all that purchasing in Douala, you were in charge, you, you knew you had your list and you know what you're getting. I just followed you because that, that again, wasn't uh, in my realm of... Um, yeah, it wasn't in your experience. wheelhouse, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't in my wheelhouse. So, but it was fascinating. And I, too, found Douala was so big. Yes. And I think that place we stayed at was overlooking the river down yes. below. Yes, it was beautiful there. Yeah. It was beautiful. Did you have a swimming pool? I think so. And we were, yeah. like, living it up, saying we actually yeah. have, you know, lights and electricity. And yeah, we were pool. living it up. I think we're like, wow, look at this. We've almost, like, gone, gone back to Putu, you know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, great. Um, this, is, this is one of the stories that uh, I was telling some people that triggered me to get into this podcasting because I'm going to be trying to record a lot of stories of Congo and, and uh, hopefully document some of this stuff. And Hopefully people enjoy it, but uh, any last thoughts before we sign off? No, I just think it's the beauty of youth and being able just to jump on an opportunity, go for it, we made it happen. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, we, we, we seized the moment and we experienced, it was a great adventure. It was, wow. it was, and I, I've never forgotten it. And now, you know, my uh, granddaughter one day and maybe her children can, you know, hear this story and, you know, your kids can hear the story. And, and uh, so again, I really want to say thanks for uh, taking a few minutes to jump on uh, despite the technical difficulties we had at the beginning. And uh, this has been great. So thanks again yeah. for joining. Yeah. Thank you, Jeff. And again, it, uh, I really enjoyed that time with you. You were just such a great, guy and so much fun and uh it, it was one of the highlights of my time out there and, and thanks for bringing this back because over the years so many other experiences it kind of gets buried and um i'm sure there'll be things all of a sudden they'll pop up now that you're kind of you've opened, up. The, you've opened the memory drawer a little yeah, bit yeah right exactly yeah. okay all right well thanks again
that was John Curl reminiscing about our trip from February 1983, driving from Douala, Cameroon, all the way to Bangui, Central African Republic. I continued on all the way to Tandala in Zaire by motorcycle, and I calculated it was about 1,500 kilometers. So again, I just wanted to thank John for coming on after not having seen him or talked to him literally in 37 years. So that's it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it and will join me again. Other episodes and blog articles on a variety of topics can be found at congokid.net. In addition, Life Stories by Congo Kid Podcasts can be found on Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. I'm Jeff Eels, a.k.a. Congo Kid, your humble host. Until next time, I send you off with a farewell in Lingala. Paninganangai, tikalamalamu. My friends, stay well. Hey, Malumuna. Hey, Malumuna.